Well, hello, everyone. It's a real joy to have you tune in again on another episode of the Leadership Conversation. So glad you were able to tune in today. Hey, listen, I've got a great guest with me today. It's exciting to have a good friend. His name is Austin Epperson. And Austin and Charity have been pastoring the great metropolis of Jay, Oklahoma. And I'll let him tell you geographically where that's situated but it's a real joy to have him come on and austin we welcome you my friend and we just want to know how you guys are doing through all of this crazy quarantine stuff and then as i've been asking all of our guests on the leadership conversation are you tired of hearing about COVID 19 yet <laughs> well first thank you for having me today i'm i'm fired up to be here with you uh we are in a massive uh, metropolitan area. We uh, we have about 1,200 people, I guess, in the town, just a little over that, close to 2,000. Uh, but we are situated right between uh, Grove and Uchi Lake. And so it's absolutely beautiful down here where we're at. Uh, wow. My house is right off Grand Lake. So I do love it, even though uh, even though we're in rural America, that's it's an awesome place to be for sure. And so we're having fun during the, the quarantine. My son loves it. You know, he's uh, out of school and he loves being out of school, so he he's going to be difficult to get back in uh, to school. And I I'm bet. absolutely, yeah, I'm absolutely tired of hearing about COVID nineteen. Just to be brutally honest with you, so uh, it, this has been hard on me. Good family time out of this too, though. Absolutely, absolutely. We've taken up some new hobbies, uh, trying fishing. You know, we live on all these lakes, and so we were never fishermen, but. We're giving it a go. We are doing a lot of fishing, very little catching. Uh, nothing that I want to post on social media, I can tell you that. So we're working that's on it. Though. Awesome. We're going to try to we're going to try to get better at it as we go. Oh, that's terrific, man. So you guys are situated like pretty close to Grand Lake, which is one of our biggest lakes in Oklahoma for all of those who are tuning in today. It's a beautiful place, a lot of good fishing. And so, um, yeah, the wildlife and outdoors is pretty close to you guys. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. As far as the state of Oklahoma, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a more picturesque place than Northeast Oklahoma. It's beautiful for sure. Absolutely. Jay in particular is a pretty impoverished community mm -hmm. from what I've heard, but mm -hmm. you guys are knocking it out of the park out there in Jay. It's really been interesting. Uh, our county is Delaware County and it's the poorest county in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, so that has created some uh, interesting challenges for some of the people. But the, the community itself is incredibly tight knit and it's been a very interesting place to be in. Um, it instantly became family for us out here. Uh, these people welcome you in and, and they yeah. make you part of their tribe very quickly. And so that's been a huge blessing for us. And, and I think that's created a lot of ministry opportunities. You know, one of the things we say at our church all the time is welcome to the family. And that has sure. fit here culturally because that's what Jay is. Jay is a family for sure. And so, yeah, we love it. That's beautiful. So you guys have just been pastoring that for a short time and you were rocking and rolling with some mm -hmm. super momentum. And then all of a sudden er, to a screeching halt with this uh, COVID-19 quarantine globally here. Mm -hmm. But man, I, just, I want you to just speak real candidly because I think you have some really good insight. You're a tremendous young leader. Uh, you've, you and Charity have a lot going for you. You're a student of leadership. And why don't you just speak to young leaders, your own peers? What would you mm -hmm. offer in suggestions to them during this time and beyond this time? 
Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit and for us, you know, I, I don't feel like I can speak with authority to a lot. I mean, we've only been here 10 months. I mean, we, we got voted in the last week of May. And so we're, we're kind of came in a very interesting time. Uh, the very week we were voted in, a tornado came through the north side of town and, and took out several houses. And so that was week one. So welcome to lead pastor in a church. And now here we are, you know, 10 months later, and we're in the middle of this pandemic that no one knows what's going on and, and no one knows where we're going from here. And so talk about the creativity of storms, right? <laughs> no joke. It, it's created something really interesting for sure. But I tell you what I have appreciated in this moment is is the power of the local church. I mean, if I've learned one thing about uh, the church, it's this, that it really is a family. And and when we moved here, like I said a moment ago, this, this place became our family. And it's been amazing to watch people galvanize together in those tragedies. And so what that has done is because it, it brought the church together, it allowed us to really give that, that, that full brunt, you know, face to the community and people have bought into that and they've wanted to be a part of that. When you see a group of people that are galvanized as family, you want to be a part of that. And so what created the foundation for that to happen is is what I've been thinking about a lot. And, and I really think it was through the transition, both on my side with me and Charity and also on the church's side. And if I was to give any sort of advice to my peers, you know, going through a transition, I, I think you really want to think that process through before you step into a church. And so these are just some thoughts that I had, you know, going into it. I asked myself a few questions and, and the first is this, do does this church, does this board speak the same language I do? Do they hear my voice? When, when I talk to them and I share vision and I shared my passion, and I shared what I felt like God called me to, to do, did that resonate with them? And, and you can see that on people's faces yeah. um, because if that wasn't clicking with the boardroom, I, I knew I was going to have a hard sell for the church. Well, and, and so going through that transition process, we were able to see in a couple different areas where that happened and somewhere it didn't. Uh, yeah. I think another really important thing you want to ask yourself in, in the transition process is where do we fit? You know, and I think we as pastors have a real hard time being self-aware. Uh, sometimes I don't know if we're always crystal clear on our strengths and our weaknesses. I don't know if we're crystal clear on what God's called us to do, um, sure. the vision that he's laid on our hearts, what we are really capable of handling in the moment. And so, uh, that was something that was real important for Charity and I. We, we tried to really look at ourselves, strengths, weaknesses, what we felt like God called us to do, our giftings. And then we tried to look at the church and ask the question, do we fit here? I mean, do mm. we contribute to this? Do we have the skill set that this church needs to go to the next level? And then the, the last question that we asked ourselves was, do we fit culturally? Um, the reality is, is that uh, when you're stepping into rural America in particular, there is a cultural reality that you need to be able to fit into that. Or I, I think you're going to have a real hard time. Sure and is. so we 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 grew up in rural Oklahoma. We grew up in the western side of the state. So going into that rural context of Jay was like going back home for us. And so that part of it was was real easy. And and I think as guys are in this season, particularly in in the situation we're in right now with the pandemic, um, as as we're going to new churches, you're, you're already going to have this where this is going to be bringing people together. And I think those questions are going to even be even more important because it's galvanizing people. In our case, it helped us. Um, but sure. if you're trying to step in during this or after this without asking those questions, I think it could be a real, real hard time for you. 
Are you answering those questions with uh, effectiveness? Uh, you and Charity asking yourselves those questions again and again because it takes it takes repetitive asking, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you were talking about what has this virus taught me in this season? Uh, if anything, yeah. because I am uh, very self-aware, I think I reflect a lot. It has shown me a lot of my weaknesses. Wow. Um, one thing I think I've realized in the middle of this virus is that there are certain things that are my strengths. Uh, I feel like I'm really good at organizing things, getting events together, people getting, you know, people mobilized and all of that. We, we've seen that even in our first year. And now yeah. COVID came in and dropped a hand grenade in the middle of all of our plans. And, and now sure. I'm trying to have to be flexible. And so in a season like this, where you're literally going day to day, it's very difficult to plan. And I'm realizing how I'm not very flexible in the moment. And that's created a real, a real interesting learning moment for me. And I don't have the answers on that. I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, when you examine yourself and you come into those questions of self-examination um, in the self-awareness category, man, honesty mm. is critical, isn't it? Critical. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't, fool, it, you can't fool a lot of people, but you can't fool yourself for very no. long. No, and, it, it, and it's brutal to have to look yourself in the mirror and say, man, you're not very flexible when your plans fall apart, you know, wow. and, and that's, that's what I've had to do the last few days. And I, I think... Uh, in the middle of crisis, you really figure out what, you know, obviously we all say you figure out what you're made of, but you also yeah. figure out what, what's lacking there. And, you know, for me, one of the things I'm, I'm super competitive and uh, we were playing some board games with some people a while back and, and I realized, man, I'm just always competitive in these seasons. Why is that? Why, why am I so competitive over a board game? And it occurred to me that I like controlling the outcome of things. Uh, I don't like micromanaging. Uh, I've, I do not want to micromanage people. That doesn't appeal to me at all. But I do like knowing where things end. I'm the guy who reads the ending of the movie before he watches it. Um, I always read the last couple of chapters of a book or something before I read the whole thing because I want to know where I'm going. And in sure. a season like this, I don't know where we're going and I don't know where we're going to land. You know, we are at, really at the ebb and flow of, of something that's way outside of our control. And so trying to figure that out and flow in that in the moment, that's, that's, been, that's been interesting. Well, you're not alone. You know, there's a lot of things that I like about you, Austin. Uh, a couple that come to mind pretty quickly is you and Charity are incredibly teachable. Mm. And then you're also aggressively patient, or maybe I should say it like this, patiently aggressive. You're patiently okay. aggressive. You're going after things, but you know that there's a certain speed you've got to go after it. And sometimes you can't get everything you want accomplished uh, just mm -hmm. overnight. L let me ask you a question, again, at a point of transparency. But mm -hmm. there are a lot of established churches, a lot of established church leaders out there that want to embrace young leadership. Mm -hmm. What would you say to established churches out there about young leaders? So going through, kind of going back a little bit to that transition period, um, it's been my observation that I think a lot of churches are trying to walk through that without having an outside voice help guide that conversation. And, you know, for us as church leaders, we live in the church. I mean, yeah. we, we eat it, we breathe it, you know, we live for it, we love it. And, and a lot of the people making those decisions, okay, we, we want a young leader. That's mm -hmm. that's what we know. We know we want a young guy, but that's a very vague term and, and that can mean anything. 
and everybody's definition of that's going to be different. And so I think what's really important for established churches is when you're going through the transition or you're looking for a young leader, you're, you're going to yeah. have to get into the room and you need to start solidifying what does that mean? We, we want a young guy. And if you have an outside voice helping speak into that, you know, asking the questions, what do we need? What what what's this season look like for the church? Uh, even asking simple questions, are our affairs in order? I mean, is everything right with the books and, and you know, everything so the transition can go smooth? There's, there's a lot of those questions that need to be asked, and, and it's not to the fault of the leadership. Sure. But they have jobs. They have families. They don't live in it like, like the pastors do. And so I think having an outside voice to help give some direction on that is going to be fine. You know, uh, my, my board is considerably older than I am. I'm actually the youngest person in the boardroom and on the staff. And so uh, that that's been an interesting realization having get here having gotten here. However, my board is the closest people to me in the church. I mean, we we have very close relationships with all of them, and I truly think it's because these guys figured that out. And so age really didn't become an issue for us once we got here. And and I think that it would be wise, obviously, to look at young leaders. You know, I'm doing that right now. I'm, I'm trying to look around and say, okay, what young people in my church understand social media better than I do? And so I think that's wise. But I, I don't think you can just start taking people because of their age or, or looking at, you really need to know what, you, what you're looking for. And, and sometimes that's I think it's skewed on that. Well, that's a good takeaway. You need to know what you're looking for, mm-hmm. not just an age demographic. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's and really I think that's where that outside voice helps a lot, um, because sometimes we need people asking us questions. I, I had a lot of people when I was going through transition asking me questions to help make sure that I really was self-aware. And and unfortunately for a lot of our established churches, they don't have that outside voice. And I really yeah. think it creates a problem and it, it makes a, a tougher road for them. Yeah, on another episode together, I'll, I'll have to ask you how you develop those relationships with outside voices, as well as how you're building relationships practically with those people inside leadership there at mm-hmm. J. Man, this has been a good talk. Listen, let's wrap it up by you just giving some inspirational marks on what mm-hmm. you see moving forward. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, we're in uh, people when they hear this, they will still be. Mm-hmm. trudging through this real difficult time. So let's talk about your hope for JFA and also mm-hmm. for the church at large. What do you hope for on this, on the other side of this crisis? Absolutely. So I was on a Zoom call the other day and Ronnie Floyd was, uh, was, was talking and answering a lot of questions of different pastors. Right. And he said something that just stuck with me. They asked him, what, what's your prayer in the middle of this season? He said, I'm praying that God flattens the curve. Now, this was a couple of weeks ago when everybody just started shutting down. And he said, my prayer is that our country sees what God can do. That oh, he said, the country has seen the church. And he said, frankly, we're not making the cut. It's time for them to see what God can do. And when he wow. said that, I thought, wow, there's there's a lot of truth to that. You know, a, a lot of us have plans. We We live and die by our plans. We live and die by our ideas and our creativity and our vision and all that. And it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. It's all from God. I truly believe that. But in this season, my hope and prayer for my church is that they really do see God. 
that they learn how to feed themselves on the word and in worship and in that those quiet times with the Lord and that they really do start to value the gospel message and, and see that when the world starts falling apart, that the gospel still stands and that God, it really is lifted up. And, I, and I'm praying that for my church, that that we pastor that well. And I'm praying that for the global church, that we point to him during this season and that they see what God can do because we're not enough. We're not enough. Man, that's our prayer that uh, he'll lead us through this and be glorified every step of the way. That's Amen. good stuff, Austin, man. Thank you for joining us. Hey, and thank, thank you for having me. Thank you, audience, for tuning in to another episode of the Leadership Conversation. More conversations coming your way. But in the meantime, let's grow, create, and invest together.